Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today, we're going to be talking about Black women voices in leadership, increasing understanding, and being an ally. I'm Dr. Cheryl White, a cultural psychologist with the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, and I'll be your host for today. I am delighted to have Sajabu Heishimu, an activist with over 44 years of service to nonprofit, political, and government organizations focused on the advancement of communities with us today. Sta, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, thanks for joining us. Also today, we have Khalila El-Amin, Vice President of Global Human Resources for a public tech company and the daughter of Stajapu. <laughs> Welcome, That's Khalila. That's right. Thank you so much. Happy yeah. to be here. Great. Good to have you. Look, I'm really looking forward to hearing the generational differences and similarities <laughs> in some of your responses and journey. And I am also super delighted to have Ebony Isis Booth, transformation coach, cultural strategist, and event designer with us today. Ebony, welcome. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I want to jump right in with you, Ebony. And um, as we're kind of having this conversation, I'll invite uh, Star and um, Kalila and Ebony to respond to each question, but I'll just throw it out to one of you uh, first. And um, Ebony, starting with yourself, I'll ask you just to share, what does it mean to be a Black woman in America? I kept trying to prepare myself to answer this question in a way that uh, felt inclusive. And I think that that is where the answer is, right? Um, My experience as a Black woman um, or experiencing me and my Black womanness doesn't give you any more information about any other Black woman in the world. Mm -hmm. I think that we have a tendency to become the, the example and the archetype for the entire culture in our single selves, in our, in, in our individual experiences and bodies. And that can sometimes feel like uh, just an intolerable amount of pressure, right? Mm -hmm. To have Mm -hmm. the answer to speak for the collective. Um, But I also thought about James Baldwin saying that uh, to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time. Mm. And that is also a lot of weight because... I don't want to hold rage all the time and I can hold my consciousness and my joy um, and my individuality as well as being a a representative or an invitation to the magic that is black womanhood. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so I hope that to be a black woman in this country, most of us, I I hope more of us can find our way to being, um, being an invitation to the splendor. Mm-hmm. To the tenacity, to the resilience, to the joy, to the beauty, to the rage, uh, to the power, and to the majesty of of, of black womanhood. Um, so I, I hope we can be all of those things, mm-hmm. 
and still be individuals with our own agency and authentic experiences. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thank you so much, Ebony. Kalila, anything you'd like to add? Well, listen, Ebony just said it so eloquently, um, and I agree 100% with the way that she uh, described what it feels like to be a Black woman. Um, you know, I, I completely agree. I think um, my version of that is that we are not monolithic, right? We are multidimensional uh, individuals who, um, you know, can't be put into little neat boxes. We come with lots of different uh, experiences um, based on, you know, the, the, the baggage that we were, we were given. There's obviously some commonalities and, um, and uh, um, uh, some, some points of intersectionality that uh, bring us all together and, and make us, you know, uh, black girl magic and relatable to, to one another's stories and histories and all of that. But I, I think um, Ebony was right. We, we are really our own individuals and, um, and we have our, our own individual needs and it looks, it looks very different from, from woman to woman. Awesome. Really appreciate that response. So how about for yourself, anything you'd add with regards to what it means to be a black woman in America? Well, from where I sit as a black woman who grew up during Jim Crow segregation, um, I was a young revolutionary, if you will, during the civil rights years. Uh, we fought our way through affirmative action. And um, for my career, I worked mostly in equal opportunity offices and on issues for so many years. It, it, it's a heavy lift to be a black woman in America. And I'm going to build on what Ebony and Kalila said by looking forward as I watch all the new voter suppression efforts, the fights to prevent the teaching of black people's contributions to America, um, the the misinformation uh, around COVID that is disproportionately killing black people in America, uh, the poverty too many of, of our people still live in. I know that it's going to, a lot of the work to make a difference it's going to continue to fall on black women and it's going to continue to be a heavy lift because the work is tiring, but so consequential. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So thank you so much. And you've kind of started a little bit of this and what you shared already, but I'll ask you to just continue to share with us with regards to how has being a black woman impacted your own life in leadership journey? Well, in my case, nobody would be, uh, calling me a leader if I wasn't a black woman. Um, things happen, I believe, that um, affect you, and then it affects your response. Let me give you two examples. My parents shipped me off to uh, Fisk University, an HBCU in Nashville, Tennessee, for my first two years of college. John Lewis was there then. I didn't know him, but what I did know was that there was a group of students who were uh, going downtown, sitting in to integrate lunch counters. We wanted to go too, but they wouldn't allow the freshmen to go. I didn't know till much later that that was because we hadn't had any nonviolence resistance training, no telling what would have happened. Um, and then I'm going to fast forward to my last year 
in college where I was now at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. A lot of things happened in between Dr. King's march. Uh, President Kennedy was assassinated. But in August 1965, uh, the police beat up a young man named Marquette Fry on television. And that led to the Watts, what they call riot, we call revolt. And all of that, I mean, my life was changed. I didn't know what an activist was then. But when I um, left school and went back to the Bay Area, I looked up and got a job at the Hunters Point Youth Opportunity Center. And I, I met a bunch of activists. And um, I, I joined CORE, the Congress of Racial Equality, signed up to be the treasurer. And then I could just fast forward to the next 50 years, a dozen organizations later, uh, you have to put in the work, but your leadership skills develop. And the next thing you know, you're the president of this, the chairman of that, the director of this other thing. So again, in my case, if it wasn't for blackness, if it wasn't for being a black woman, maybe I'd never develop any leadership skills at all. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Saw. Kalila, anything you'd like to add to, you know, how being a black woman has impacted your life or leadership journey? Uh, well, well, first, I just have to, you know, say my mother, you know, shared her, her story and her journey. And um, you can see what I've grown up with as, um, uh, that has kind of influenced my journey and my, my leadership um, journey itself. And so I've, I've had obviously great mentors around me. Um, you know, I first have to say, uh, considering myself a leader <laughs> has taken some time. Um, but, but, you know, I recognize as, as the only black female executive, um, in, in my company that, um, um, you know, there is value in, uh, racial diversity, um, you know, at the leadership level in, in, in corporate America um, and in and, and all of our organizations. And so, you know, when I think about my leadership journey, um, you know, the phrase to, to whom much is given, much is required comes to mind. And, um, you, you know, for that reason, I really see my journey as an opportunity to, um, to, to give back uh, in the same way that uh, black women have, have, uh, kind of molded and coached me. And so, um, you know, being a role model and being a mentor and coaching, um, younger, uh, African-American girls, um, is important to me. I, I sit on the board of my daughter's, uh, school, the board of trustees of my daughter's school, where I serve as the chair of the diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, committee. And so I, you know, in that role, not only get to advocate for, um, a curriculum that is based on, um, you know, building equitable practices, but I also get to advocate for the families of color, um, uh, you know, and, and how the school policies and curriculum impact uh, their children as well. So, I mean, that's just one example of, of um, uh, you know, h- how being a black woman has, has been able to influence my leadership journey and the um, opportunities that have, have been given given to me. 
Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, appreciate that. And Ebony, I'm going to ask you to share on the other side of the commercial that I will um, say to Kalila, I know the power of your mother's leadership because she served in so many leadership roles in my own life. Uh, your mother was the person who, when I was working on my doctorate, um, Stavia, I don't know if you remember, but you were my project. Um, when, I had, when I did my practicum, I had to do my workplace practicum. You were the person who was um, named for my, um, for, you know, kind of getting me through my practicum work with the city of San Diego. And then clearly the journey that we went on with the resource group, who I'm delighted that we still get together from time to time. Not so much in COVID. I mean, y'all meet in COVID, but I'm like, I ain't seeing none of y'all in COVID <laughs> except, for, <laughs> except for in Zoom. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, Certainly, you were part of my dissertation journey and such a leader in my life. And the whole giving back that Kalila talks about, um, I'm sure she got it honestly from you and all that you've poured into, you know, each of us you've poured into in doing your um, leadership journey and our development. So, uh, appreciate you. And Ebony, I'd love to hear more about um, your leadership journey and the impact being Black and a woman has had on your life and leadership journey, as well as each of you sharing a little bit more about the adversities that you faced and um, what's kept you going, your fortitude. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. 
If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White with the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, and delighted today to be talking about Black women voices and leadership, increasing understanding and being an ally. With us today, delighted to have Stajapu Heishimu, an activist with over 44 years of service to nonprofit, political, and government organizations focused on the advancement of communities. Khalila El Amin. Vice President of Global Human Resources for a public uh, tech company, Install's Daughter. And I'm also delighted to have Ebony Isis Booth, Transformation Coach, Cultural Strategist, and Event Designer. And Ebony, we're going to start back with the, tossing the ball over to you. Just share a little bit about how being a Black woman has impacted your life and leadership journey. I don't know that there has been a time where I I think that my identity as a black woman has always put me in positions of leadership. I was talking earlier today and saying that my mother says that I started talking at nine months old. Um, I don't know that I believe that, but that's the story that the adults in my life share is that I've been speaking in complete sentences since I was nine months old. So naturally throughout my life, me being vocal um, and having this fierce sense of discernment about um, what is fair, what is right, what is just kind of put me into a place of um, naturally being you know, the leader that would emerge in a group setting, um, you know, and growing up as a little black girl, that could also mean that you got called bossy quite a bit, um, you know, and in other pejorative terms. And then as I got older that, you know, the rage that I was talking about earlier with the Baldwin quote, that also then shifts into the archetype of being known as the angry black woman, which is a way to reduce um, or diminish the passion that goes along with advocacy and work and speaking truth to power, right? So I think um, for me, my my identity has always been about, or is, is now sh- taking shape in this way where I am trying to negotiate standing in my power and using that in a way that um, doesn't feel accidental or something that I stumbled into based off a stereotype, rather something that is intentional um, and me using a gift or a, a, a identity trait that I was given, you know, um, and, and but reconciling that in a way that feels useful and authentic um, and being able to do that with integrity is really where the work lies for me currently mm-hmm. in my work. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Stock, can't you see why I wanted to have this fabulous Ebony be part of this conversation with us today? <laughs> She is. Yes, she is. This delightful. Kalila, when faced with adversity, what gave you the fortitude to keep on keeping on? Yeah, I really like this question because um, to be honest, I'm I'm human like everyone else. And and if I could do without adversity, I certainly would. (laughs) Um, You know, I I definitely do not like being thrown curveballs. 
and um, and and like like many others, I'm always afraid that you know I'm going to be the next one to throw my tennis racket down and have a hissy fit. But um, but at the end of the day, I don't. Um, I think I've learned over my my life that um, you know uh, people that I look up to, courageous leaders, those in positions um, um, of leadership. Um, you know, the one thing that they all have in common is their determination to just continue pushing for despite what the current, you know, current circumstances throw at them. I, um, was, was watching all the, um, the political commentators yesterday during, uh, the recall election and the results for, for California's governor, uh, Newsom. And Van Jones said something like, you know, winning inflates the ego and losing builds character. And um, that, that's what adversity is, right? Um, you know, when you're faced with something, how do you get through it? And so, you know, ultimately, I, I sometimes allow myself to have a really good cry. Um, sometimes I talk to my, my husband, who's always cool, calm, and collected. I often call my, my mother, you know, she's been through every scenario you could think of. Um, but ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, I pray and I get to work, you know, trying to find the best way to, to handle what's been thrown at me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kalila. And Star, aren't you just so proud sitting there hearing your daughter just speak with all of this um her own wisdom. That's her mother's wisdom on this too, with regards to when faced with adversity, what gave you the fortitude to keep on keeping on? Well, I'm glad to know that my daughter believes I've been through everything, every (laughs) adversity. Good. I don't have anything to look forward to. That's great. Well, listen, I had a friend who once said to me, I've never considered suicide, murder, maybe. So while I try to plan to avoid adversity, I know it's impossible to escape. I know that now. But with those bookends, murder and suicide, knowing I'm not ever going to do either one of those two things, I got to do something else, something in the middle. So I always know that in the end, I have to figure something out. And then what you know when you when you got a little a few years on you is that after you get through, you know, the first few adverse things and you find yourself still standing, you're maybe not so scared of adversity anymore. So I'm good. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Star. Ebony, your thoughts? I, adversity comes, I like everything that I've heard. Um, crying, counsel, um, prayer, meditation and focus. Um, sometimes I think that the fight shows up, right? It's where you, you know, you're against on the ropes, um, maybe even on the mat, right? And, and the pressure has you feeling like it's time to tap out. Um, there is also this, uh, this fight that's in me that feels deeply ancestral. And for me, my strength comes through tapping into and honoring the fact that the five generations of grandmothers who came before me had lives that were inconceivably more difficult than any challenge or adversity that I'm facing today. 
Um, there's certain things that I wouldn't even know how to do. It should that be something that is like an adversarial thing. Like I, I just wouldn't even have the spoons. My grandmother had nine children. I don't know. I have a mini schnauzer that I sometimes forget to feed at night. So like, (laughs) you know, Um, but having that connection and respect and deep honor and reverence for my ancestry is probably the the thing that keeps me grounded and helps guide me to know when to fight um, and when to pray and sometimes when to do all those things. So, uh, but that's, that's the thing that keeps me going. Um, I seek answers there when I can't really find them in any of those other immediate places. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. I love all of what I'm hearing with regards to just putting it in perspective uh, with regards to our generational challenges versus those that our ancestors have faced and come through and prayer and all of the other wonderful um, just thoughts that each of you've shared. I think the other thing that comes to mind, uh, I'll never forget um, our sister circles, and um, that has given me fortitude as I went through, you know, many life journeys and challenges um, in my career, my personal life. And even today, I think um, I really value just the um, the sisterhood circles and having yeah. um, having those positive experiences to fellowship with um with good sisters yeah there's probably no adversity that you that you're facing that somebody else hasn't already faced and it helps to be able to talk that through mm-hmm. yeah appreciate it okay so ebony as a black woman what do you want others to know and understand about about Black women. What are your thoughts? Mm. Um, I one of my my dear friends says, you know, sometimes it's like I don't want to make anything seem like it's an original thought, and that is, um, I'm reminded by by Sta saying, you know, like there's somebody who's already been through it, right? But um, I'm thinking of the Miriam Kaba quote that our our if your struggle, if your liberation is bound up with mine, right? So mm-hmm. I, I guess the thing that I want to get across is that um, until the most oppressed among us are free, none of us get free. And Black women have um, historically um, been intentionally dismissed, degraded, disregarded, unprotected, um, yet we are the mothers of of civilization right um and so to that end i think it's important for people to understand about black women that their liberation is also the answers that they seek and find lie in the the majesty of of black women and who we are and Mm -hmm. so there is a necessity for respect and acknowledgement of that um, and we can even see that where, you know, it plays out into the way that Black trans women are marginalized even further and, and what that looks like. So um, we can't get free until the most marginalized among us get free. And that means that Black women's liberation um, is essential. And it also means that we are the ones that you should be looking to for answers, because despite the adversity that we face, we continue to thrive. Here we are. 
right? And so that must mean that we do have some tangible answers and solutions um, to movement work, to success, to thriving, to building, to creating, you know, building kingdoms out of sand, you know? So we, we do have the answers, um, but that also means that that needs to come with some respect and reverence to get, to get that magic. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ebony. So on the other side of this um, next commercial break, Sta and uh, Kalila, I'm going to ask you to share the same and also talk a little bit about in the workplace, what can others do to be supportive and an ally to uh, Black women? For, so please stay with us and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with Leadership Matters, having a wonderful conversation today about Black voices in leadership, increasing understanding and being an ally with Stajabu Heishimu, Kalila El Amin, and Ebony Isis Booth. Um, welcome again to each of you. I'm going to toss this ball right back over to Sta and have you to um, share your thoughts from your perspective as a Black woman. What do you want others to know and understand about Black women? 
Well, what people should know and understand about black women is a closely guarded secret. But I'm going to share it, and it's this. <laughs> there is no pattern. And you'll probably find yourself in trouble if you bet that the next black woman you have to deal with is anything <laughs> like the last one. <laughs> that is so well said. <laughs> anything you'd like to add, Miss Star? No, I'm done. That's it. I, I just, you know, don't try to think of us as just, you know, one. Mm-hmm. We're, we, we come in all, we do everything. Mm-hmm. We're all different. We're yes. never one different. Mm-hmm. Love it. And so, with the um, words of our, um, say, mother wisdom there, <laughs> throwing it over to the daughter, Kalila, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think Ebony said it, and then my mom said it, so I'm just reiterating it, and I said it earlier, and, and that is that, you know, we are not monolithic, and mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I think the one thing everyone knows is that as Black women, we're, you know, living in this intersection of, you know, racism and sexism. And so we are navigating um, what that means on a daily basis uh, and, and how we exist in both of those identities. But the way that we navigate that really looks different from, you know, one person to the next. Um, and so our stories are very individualized and the, the challenges and the barriers that we face look different, you know, based on um, our background and socioeconomic status and, and uh, family values and education. And so, um, you know, while we have these commonalities, we still, um, uh, you know, have different challenges and are navigating uh, different situations and, and, are forging our own paths in this world. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Kalila. Kalila, uh, maybe staying with you for a while and thinking about the workplace, what can others do to be supportive and or an ally to Black women? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I've been thinking about this question and, um, you know, I wanted to give a very kind of concrete tactical um, things that, that, that we could do to support black women in the workplace. Um, you know, I, again, I mentioned being the only, you know, African-American female executive um, on, on my executive team. And so I know the difficulties firsthand that, that we face. Um, you know, I, I would first say that, you know, showing up as an ally for black women um, requires um, um, an, an approach that really looks at our unique experiences, right? We are not, we're, we're different from black men, we're different from white women. And so what we carry in corporate America is, is very different. And so uh, the first thing I would say is, um, believe the data, believe what we're telling you. So there is, you know, overwhelming evidence that black women have it hard in the workplace and that, um, um, you know, there are struggles that we face that other people don't in terms of, you know, being underpaid and, and things like that. And so it's really frustrating when we have the data to show 
uh, some of the struggles and challenges that we face. But, you know, the, the rhetoric um, it makes it seem as though the data is false or mm-hmm. we get this sense of unawareness, you know, across our, our peers that um, the struggles don't exist. So, so my number one is first, you know, if you want to be an ally, believe, believe the data, believe what we're sharing. Uh, the second is to develop real authentic, um, you know, relationships with, with black women in your workplace. Um, get, get to know uh, what they're experiencing and, and what they're feeling and what they're thinking and, um, you know, do it outside of, of the traditional, you know, business settings, really get to build those relationships. Um, the, the third is a big one. Um, it's, you know, speak up against those and be vocal about those injustices that you see black women facing. Um, we face uh, racial and gender stereotypes, microaggressions. Um, I'll give you an example. You know, things happen in meetings and often someone will come up to me after a meeting and give me kudos. Oh, I like what you said in there or you really handled them well. Don't wait until we get in the hallway. Say it then, you know, show support, um, be an ally, you know, a- at the time that someone needs you. Um, and, and then lastly, I would say, um, make it a point to call attention to um, the successes of your, your African-American female peers in the workplace. Um, they often go discounted and underrepresented. And as an ally, you really do have an obligation and an opportunity to highlight those accomplishments. Sometimes it's going to require you to remove yourself from the center of attention and from the spotlight. Um, but, you know, again, if we're talking about how to be an ally, um, you know, uh, highlighting, highlighting those, those accomplishments and giving someone else uh, the, the credit is, is necessary and needed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just loved um, each of those um, that you listed. Thank you so much for um, just kind of giving that uh, question so much thought and giving us so much to not only ponder, but to um, really make actionable. Um, very much appreciated. Ebony, how about for yourself? What might you add with regards to um, others being able to do to show support and be allies to African-American women? Mm, I am I'm kind of sitting here thinking that Kalila and I, I don't know that I could say it any better. Um, Mm -hmm. That was a very comprehensive and specific description of ways to be in support. And I can think of uh, situations where I've not experienced that kind of um, Mm -hmm. support, right. And camaraderie and just the, the emotional impact and weight of, of that mistreatment or um, erasure that happens in the workplace for black Mm -hmm. women. And I think that, you know, in, my work, I find myself working with leaders, um, folks who are, who represent dominant culture, who are looking to, they're like, well, how do I, I don't know what to do. And I think that it really is about how can you not make Black women a problem to be solved in the workplace? I think humanizing your interactions with your colleagues based off them being a colleague and just that instead of bringing in the baggage and the weight of 
um, you know, this work that I have to do with diversity, equity, inclusion, because there is a black woman here, right? Um, that that's a lot of that's a lot of baggage to bring with you into a conversation around the water cooler or coffee, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not everything needs to be quite so loaded. So I, I really think that humanizing uh, your interactions across the board and not racializing them or making it an external issue and more about how do you show up at work every day and how is that attracting um, uh, relationships or the people that you want to be in relationship with. But also just a reminder that, you know, the the people who are not a part of dominant culture in your workplace are not a problem to be solved and they are not responsible for um, your preconceived notions or biases around um, around what cultural differences and diversity actually looks like. So um, just that mantle could be lifted if I think folks did their their own individual internal work and, and searching themselves to find, you know, where is the human connection versus the the racialized stereotype biases that are functioning in, mm-hmm. in its place. Mm-hmm. I love that. Where's the human connection? And um, Khalil, of course, I wrote down um, each of those pieces that you provided as well with that, with regards to just believing the data and not having someone have to try and convince someone of their plight and what they may be experiencing uh, with regards to hardships in the workplace, be it from being underpaid or simply not heard and um, the um, developing the authentic and real relationships with black women, being willing to speak up in the moment and give voice to injustices as you see them versus, you know, whispering to them your support afterwards, but being willing to, to share it in that moment. Gosh, as Ebony was saying, you know, what a wonderful uh, blessing that would be to have that ally in the meeting, be willing to do that and make a point of really calling attention to their accomplishments and successes. So thank you for that, that uh, wonderful list of things. So how about for yourself, anything you might add? Uh, both Ebony, Ebony and Kalila were eloquent, thoughtful, um, and thoroughly correct. Um, I'm more nuts than both about workplace. I think of it as a place to succeed in one's career, not a social set. And in order for black women to succeed, we need the same things that white men have always gotten. People in positions of influence to take a chance on us, someone to mentor us, be our advocate, tell us how it's done, trust us and pay us. If you do that, you're an ally. These are also the things that we can do to try to help one another in being successful in their career. That's so simplistic compared to what Ebony and, and Kalila put on the table. But Well, you, actually, I think it, it's, it's more power. It's more power to the yeah. power. So I, I, I heard take a chance. I heard be an advocate. What was the third one? Um, uh, tell us how it's done. Trust us. Tell us how it's done. Us. Okay, I love it. Tell us how it's done. Trust us and pay us. That's what white men get, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, very much appreciated. We are going to take another break. And on the other side, Kalila, are you going to still be with us on the other side? I knew you. I do have to go. Um, 
I, I want to say, do I have time to say thank you to everyone? Absolutely. Yes. Thank well, you. Uh, well, Cheryl, do you want to give her the first swipe and final thoughts? And then yeah, it up. looks like, um, Andrew, can we do that? Do we have time? Okay, wonderful. Kalila, any final thoughts you want to leave with us? You know, I didn't think about any final thoughts. Um, I will just say thank you uh, so much for including me on this uh, illustrious panel. Um, you know, um, I don't often see myself as, as a leader. As a leader, I'm just being me. Um, but what I recognize is that, you know, just being me is enough. And um, so many Black women probably feel the same way I feel, but we have so many contributions um, to make to to the world and to our communities and um, to young women who are coming up and looking up to us, whether we know it or not. And I think your show and this panel um, reflected that um, uh, very well and also reflected, you know, the generational differences, the differences in the work that we are all doing in this community, um, uh, yet all of the positive uh, things. So, so my final thought is just thank you so much for, for showing the full rainbow and the full spectrum of, of African-American women and our voices. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. And please stay with us. We'll be right back with some final thoughts from Sa as well. And uh, Ebony, Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 619-453-8093 that's 619-453-8093 or send an email to dr white her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org innovisions is a social enterprise of the neighborhood house association of san diego california funds raised go to support the neighborhood house association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with some final thoughts on Leadership Matters from uh, Stajabu Heishimu. And Ebony Isis Booth. So, uh, final thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listening audience, Star? Well, I love um, 
being able to talk to young black women. And as I sit here with all of you uh, young, very accomplished women, and I look around the country at what black women are doing in government, in the private sector, as entrepreneurs, I believe you're in a different, better place as black women in America uh, than we were way back then. Uh, You have more influence, more power to make a difference in all areas of our lives, and I'm grateful for that. It makes me feel successful about the work that that I've done over the years. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what you do next, and I hope it's not too heavy. Oh, thank you so much. And I am so appreciative of all that you really um, put into fostered, nurtured, um, and not only myself, but so many along the way. Um, So appreciate you. Thank you. Just trying to lay the groundwork for what I I see is happening. I see it in uh, Miss Ebony. Um, I've loved Mm -hmm. uh, meeting you, and and I, I, I just, you're just so amazing. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is indeed. Ebony, final thoughts from you. Oh, my heart feels like it might just bust out of my chest right now. I'm so grateful um, to be just to be in community and to be in space with uh, with black women and also to have the influence and support and guidance uh, from from my elders, um, the intergenerational component of it is, is major. Um, we need y'all. Uh, thank you for the work that you've already done and for, um, for what you've done. The guidance that you offer as we continue this work is really invaluable. Um, just today alone, uh, Dr. White, you <laughs> got me together today before we got on this call. And then I feel like I came right into Um, another moment of just being so held by your wisdom and experience and love and being able to witness, you know, your mother daughter relationship. Um, So there's just an outpouring of gratitude and also a commitment um, to continue to do the work because I hope that I can become and ascend to such a place to be able to do that for the generation that's coming behind me too. So you model that for me and I'm grateful. So it was, it's really been a big blessing to be in space with you today. So Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you both so much. And Ebony, I know you have a wonderful um, entrepreneurship and business where you provide um, just um, fabulous transformational coaching services and you serve as a cultural strategist as well as an event designer. If anyone in our listening audience would want to get in touch with you, how might they do so? Uh, you could find me at my website, which is ebonyisisbooth.com. Uh, there, I'm pretty much available to consultations or booking a strategy session for organizational work. Um, I primarily work or prioritize super serve, if you will, women of color in leadership positions who are looking to remove the roadblocks that um, can sometimes keep us stuck or stalled in our path towards success. Um, and so being able to provide that one-on-one personal de- professional development coaching is my way of doing the work um, to pass these tools and resources along to those of us who really need them. So um, I am excited to, to show up and do that work on an individual level, but also inside organizations who are willing and ready 
to put the rubber to the road where it re uh, relates to their commitments to diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, because it is important. It does matter. Um, our experiences matter. And so that's that's the work. But ebonyitisbook.com is my website. Um, and also Coach Ebony said along social media platforms like Instagram and Twitter and Clubhouse and the like. So. Wonderful. Well, Ebony, you are a powerhouse and we have just been um, just so blessed and delighted to have you with us today. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And Stah, I would ask you if you want to share your contact information, but I know you'd be like, no, I'm retired. Don't tell them anything. I don't, I don't anybody know how to find me. But exactly. That's what I was thinking about asking uh, Ebony to steal her her little message that says, give me a, give me a break here. Give me a few days. <laughs> I don't want anybody else to find me. <laughs> but we still find her. You see, I found her. <laughs> I yeah, no, but I can say it really has been a pleasure. We have a few minutes left. And Ebony, I know I didn't ask you to do this, but is there a poem or anything you'd want to share as we close? Oh, um, how I, well let me see how much there's two minutes left mm -hmm. um let me see if i can find a thing in in this i wasn't ready but this is we're off the cuff here i wrote this piece um for a uh for an engagement on voters rights um just a little just a couple of weeks ago um, and it's, uh, it's about focus mm -hmm. and, uh, it, it says focused on the issues feels like multitasking through multiverses feels like ever expanding schools of thought, pressing the kinks upward, more defiant than the last time. Even my hair requires resilience, focus to imagine restricting the halls of institutions, choking pathways with policy and jargon forcing the children of our future to fight for freedom, fresh water and free lunch, focused on what reparations they will demand of us, fervently praying that the answer is only whatever they say it is. Plugged into portals of pretense and peril, light bearers and seekers wandering through the bleak beyond in search of right relationship, focused on finding connection. Focus on 58 years of a sleeping giant's dream, resurrecting battle cries fueled by youthful outrage, fish fries and fables from the elders who lived to tell the wonders of how we got over. Pick a place in history where I might have stood and had a more specific demand for power to concede and transform into human, sister, brother, daughter, relative, person, whole. Less fight, more love and a sharper blade. Focus on the value of your life the value of life, the value of a life. See a nation exhausted and afraid as it affixes prayers to signposts and intersections, proclaiming Black Lives Matter. See the words pouring down barricaded blocks in yellow. Focus on something less unpleasant. Focus on ways to honor the lives of indigenous femmes, relatives and homegirls who've been swept into the great beyond without ceremony or justice. Focus on red lines drawn over districts and try not to go on a tangent about the relevance of the route to one's sense of groundedness. Focus on going on more tangents. Focus on God blessing the child that's got his own so you don't come outside your salvation when you think 
of what God is offering the child who is empty and unmoored. Thank you so much, Ebony Isis Booth. Thank you. Thank Wonderful. You. And Stajabu Heshimu, as well as Kalila, thank you both for being uh, with us today. And thank you to all of our listening audience. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, our searchers on Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, and listen at your convenience to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.